Hello, and welcome to Survivor Social. My name is David, and I am here joined by the incomparable Tegwith. So happy to be back. And most importantly, today, we have, if everyone can hear me, if, <laughs> we have the one, the only, the winner of Survivor China, Todd Herzog. Woo! We can hear you. Can you hear us, Todd? Uh oh. Oh no. Technical difficulties are happening from here in Utah. It is a okay. We are. I'm. We're I'm so excited. So while while Todd is um, leaving and joining back in, I'm just so excited to get to talk to him about this episode. Um, one thing about me is my first season of Survivor was Survivor China. I was I didn't watch it live. Uh, I was told to watch it because it's such an amazing season. And his win, like that was it for me. Like I was like, I'm in. I'm good. Like this is my obsession now. Uh, so uh, Todd, I blame for this obsession because yeah. like what an amazing. Uh, Amazing game, amazing win. What a great cast. What a great season. So, like, getting to talk to him is going to be so much fun. I agree. It's going to be a blast. Survivor China has been my favorite season for a very, very long time. And I'm hard-pressed to find anybody who doesn't at least have it in their top 10, top, I, I don't know, somewhere up there. So. I know. All right. Todd. Hello. Ah, here we are. Did it work? Yes, what a great way to build the anticipation. I'm sure everyone is just at the edge of their seats ready to hear from you. I was like, it like did the countdown and I was like all excited and then it went live and I see you guys doing this and talking and I'm like, I can't hear anything. What Hi. <laughs> that was actually a survivor challenge. You passed. Congratulations. <laughs> well, hello everybody. Welcome. So Todd, how are you? Where are you? What's going on in Toddland? Uh, thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Um, okay, let's see. I am in Utah. I'm currently in my office at my desk uh, in Utah where I work. And so, yeah, life is great. I mean, I'm just living the best life I can out here, you know. I love that. And is, is Survivor 44 part of what you would consider living your best life? Survivor 44 is very enjoyable. So every Wednesday night, um, my family and I, we get together and we watch. So it's it's fun to like get together with the siblings. It's it's an excuse to like spend time with family. So yes, and I'm loving, I like this season. The character, or the characters, the cast is really good. Um, I do feel Sorry. like they've got some really amazing people on this season, so. Yes, absolutely. I am so excited to dig into it with you. And before we start, make sure to subscribe to Survivor Now on YouTube and Spotify. If you have any of your hot takes that you want to share with us, please be sure to email us at SurvivorSocialPod at gmail.com and we will answer them right here. And of course, because we have our guest Todd, we have a plethora of questions that are prepared. And I want to start us off with a great question if you're ready, Todd. I'm ready. Let's do it. Wonderful. We have a question from Matt Mattinamite, and he asks, can you ask Todd, what is the best Funko Pop that you've ever made? Oh my gosh. This, so this is a question that people ask me a lot. And so it changes because I'll make one that I fall in love with and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. And then I'll make another one and I'm like, oh my gosh, I absolutely love this. Um, but usually I'll have to go back to my very first ones were like the Spice Girls. <laughs> 
So I made the Spice Girls. They're probably my favorite. That's what started the whole business, Todd's Pop Shop, in the first place, was I collect Funko Pops. I wanted the Spice Girls, and Funko didn't make them, so I did. And the rest is history. That's amazing. I love that. Taking it into your own, own hands. I will say, that Sphinx one that you made recently, I kind of am obsessed with. Thank you. I love it, too. <laughs> I do love that one. That's good. It's so good. Not survivor related, but just art. Art is great. Seriously. And one more question before we jump into all the goodness of Survivor 44. Matt P. Clark asks, which player from this season and from past seasons would you say has a similar game style or a gameplay style to you? Is there anyone you feel like is giving shades of Todd? From this season? Um... Yes, Carson kind of is, um, which is like, so, okay, I'm watching this season. I like Carson as a person. I think he's a great person. He's playing the game in a strategic way and he loves to brag about it. And I feel like I was very similar in that sense. And so, but I didn't realize that I was like that because I get really irritated by the bragging about it. And I'm like, wow, people really must have been irritated by me as well. <laughs> so that it's like a story that just tumbles down. I, I like Carson. I think he's playing a strategic game um, that is similar to the game that I played. If you look at past contestants, um, I, I honestly, I feel like, you know, there's bits and pieces of random people here and there like Kim Spraulding. Um, her final tribal council speech was very similar to mine. Um, but she also, you know, played a very good social game. Um, so yeah, like that, like, like I based my game, um, kind of like Rob says Nino. So it's like, when you go play the game, you, you base it off of people from the past, but you also put your own twist to it. So mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to say if anybody played the exact same type of game, because I'm sure that you know, they probably wouldn't like to hear that you stole their game. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> there will never be another Todd. Case closed. Yeah. Of course. So let's get into this episode. What an episode it was. it was. Jam Jam could have possibly been taken out. And he is, you know, masking with humor to sort of deflect the fact that he was a target. What is it like getting back from a super tense vote Todd and how do you try and deflect or dissolve that tension um I was I was pretty cocky to be completely honest so whenever we got back and anybody was like boohoo I I didn't have sympathy <laughs> I didn't feel bad for them I was like sorry <laughs> like cry about it but it is awkward like you get around these people and you're like yeah so that happened and you just kind of have to just move on. I guess like my biggest thing was don't look back because if I look back, I'm going to just sit there thinking what it could have should have. What if I did this? What if I did that? But it's like, there's no point in doing that because you can't change it. Type Good of life advice as well. Huh? Good life advice as well right there. Yeah, exactly. Cause like, what if going you're gonna sit around and mope about things that you did in the past? Meh. It's not worth Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You gotta you gotta put the pedal to the metal, put that va va voom, and it's not just because their merge tribe is va va. <laughs> what what do you make of that? Is that just ridiculous or do we kind of love it? 
I love it. I think it's wonderful <laughs> because, I mean, first, Jam Jam is hilarious. Like, he's like, what about va, va? You know, like, he's just hilarious. <laughs> va means four, so what if we just did va, va? <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, everything he says is iconic. Just based on the, just the way he says it, the intonation, everything. And I love that about him. And so they're discussing everything, the last vote, and they notice... Matt isn't there. And guess where he is? Walking with Franny. What is your take on the Franny and Matt showmance? Okay, so a showmance is, like, never a really good idea. I mean, it only worked out once since Forever History, where, like, one and two were, you know, they, they're married now. Yeah. Um, however... We learned in episode one that Matt was like heartbroken and like dealing with other relationship things in his past. So maybe instead of winning Survivor, this was the path that he was supposed to go down. You know, like Jamie and Eric from my season are married mm-hmm. and they didn't win Survivor, but they won at least. <laughs> That's a, a very optimistic and wholesome way to look at it. And, you know, I don't think that after his elimination, this past episode, Matt was probably thinking about it that way, but I think that's definitely a good way to look at it in the grand scheme. (laughs) So, yes, Matt is finally able to vote now. He is able to spread his wings, and obviously it doesn't really work out for him, but it is exciting to be in in a time where you went from not being able to vote to finally being able to vote, but what are your thoughts on the whole this is the new era of Survivor, you might not even be able to vote. The only power you have in the game might be taken away from you. Oh my goodness. So like, again, okay. So Survivor, yes, they have to evolve. They have to come up with new ideas and twists. You know, it's just one of those things where you cannot do the same format because it probably still wouldn't be around. Um, I know that diehard fans will want to kill me for that. However, we would probably have gotten bored because it was the same thing every season over and over and over again. It wasn't because they kept changing things and we had something to complain about, right? And that's yeah. why we have podcasts and why we have message boards is so that everybody can get together and complain about what they don't like. So with that being said, um, the whole losing your vote thing, you know, that's his fault. Because he had the choice to take the advantage or not. And he did it. And he risked it again. And he lost two votes. Um, and then they got together at the merge. And then, um, you know, this whole situation where it was like half and half, but only four people can be up to be eliminated. That is a tricky situation. Because what that does take away from the game of Survivor, the one thing that I really, really hate that's been taken away from Survivor is the fact that these people rely a lot on luck. Mm. Um, It is not outwit, outplay, outlast, outluck. You know, so I don't think that twists should necessarily involve a ton of luck in the game of Survivor. But that's kind of what it's come in or become. Mm -hmm. So that does bother me a little bit. But if you are doing the rest of that, if you are outwitting and outplaying the others, that means your connections are going to be good enough where you don't need the luck. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, Matt just didn't have it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And on that, I want to talk about the luck thing really quickly, because one thing I've noticed a lot um, is, you know, back in old school Survivor, they would do a lot of schoolyard picks. They would do a lot of things where where the, 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 the competitors had kind of a little bit of more, um, uh, they could do make more decisions, right? Um, and like they would do those chopping challenges, you know, the chopping challenges to kind of show the social hierarchy. You know what I mean? And I love those because it's very like, you know, Survivor's a social game. That's what we that's what we talk about, you know, the social aspect of it. And even in the challenge where you draw rocks, I kind of would have loved to see like uh, drawing rocks is all luck. You know, you, your right. team, you, it's, uh, that is a that's lucky that you were on Franny's team. That's luck right there. You know, and if they had more of a schoolyard pick. And then one person was left out and that one, and then you think that one person's maybe just not going to play, but then they can actually choose, you know, that gives a little bit more, the players a little bit more agency in the game, right? It's not just, let's just grab a rock and see where we fall. It's, there is some social strategy here. There's some strategy in play. And there are like little tweaks that I think could have made a twist that I really hated to a twist that I just disliked, you know? (laughs) See, I completely agree with that because when it is the schoolyard pick, or I loved when they would do the ones you were talking about where they were chopping down their, you know, everybody else's dolls or whatever, um, because it did basically expose your allegiance and your alliance. And so if you were smart in that situation, you would be doing it strategically. So like that, I do miss a lot because it really did make the whole game flip and flop on its own without mm-hmm. a twist. Yeah. Absolutely. And if if this episode showed anything, it was the extent to which the producers were willing to manufacture as many things as they possibly could to get in the desired outcome. I mean, if if the whole 2.0 birdcage twist was any implication of how willing they were to meddle in yeah. what was going on, then I don't know what it is, but we'll get to that. So here we are, challenge time. Stand on an arrow, beam, and bounce a ball, all that good stuff. But wait, there's more, because there's always more. We're <laughs> going to divide the participants into two teams, which my first thought was, there are 11 people here. Couldn't this have just waited until the next episode? Why did Carson have to automatically you know, be the one who drew the rock and to choose and the, like, if I was a casual viewer, let's say I'd never ever seen Survivor before and I just flip onto this channel and I see this mess, I'm literally skipping to the next episode or the next channel because this is complicated as hell. Yeah. For what? For what? It was, it was very complicated. There was so much that happened in it. I feel like they should have made this episode the 90 minute episode. Mm-hmm. Maybe try to explain it a little bit. Maybe have it going, you know, because then we get to talking about Matt and not having his bag. And it was just like so much information where people were like, wait, he doesn't have his bag. Why does he need his bag? What's so important about the bag? And it was so much focus on his damn bag that I was like, why are we talking about the bag? Yeah. Yeah. The bag is huge. I like the editing on the bag, though. The bag editing I loved, like where he was just like yelling. Get my bag. That was kind of cute. <laughs> that yeah. was awesome. I yeah. That. I won't lie. Yeah. The way they told told the story was very entertaining. The story itself, I'm not sure I wanted to read. But anyway, so we're divided into two teams of five. Carson has to pick a team, and whichever team that loses or wins, it, it's he goes with whatever team he chooses. And so the player that lasts the longest on each team wins immunity. 
and they win immunity for their entire group. But on the flip side, if you're the longest person on the opposite team, even if you lose, you still win individual immunity. So a total of six people were immune. Is that correct? Six people? Crazy amount. Mm -hmm. Especially after the merge. No six, you're right, sorry. Yeah. No, that was... It it takes away a whole ton of gameplay right there just by having six people immune and four people that are not. I don't know. That part does bug me. I won't lie. Like the idea that the idea was there, but I don't feel like it completely finished going through all of the pre-planning. You know what I mean? Definitely. And, and believe me, I understand that the, the producer have some grudge against the merge, but like they've merged. Let them just have a regular merge vote. How hard is it? Just let everybody have a vote. Let everyone be eligible to be voted for, except the person who has individual immunity. They just have something against wanting like a regular normal merge vote to happen. Or just give two people immunity. Like yeah. Yeah, they could do that. And then they could even do the bird cage twist, twist with two people immune and not have it so much extra, you know? I, yeah, I don't even, I don't even see, I don't, I, I why was this not a, a pre-merge thing with the tribes? Exactly, like, that's what it, I thought. Like it's, a, it, I think, so one of the things that I do love about Australian Survivor, Todd, I don't know if you watch Australian Survivor, but they do these like really good like team things that aren't like a race, they're like a, challenge where you have to hold on a long time and the last person to hold on wins it for their whole tribe and i kind of think that this is a perfect example of that kind of thing and it just should have been three episodes earlier rather than right now because you know four people without immunity and even like the last person on the tribe to like wins immunity if you go to tribal council you know you could have even done literally copy and paste and i would have been a-okay with that but you know I, I agree with you completely because yes. So what that also does in Australian Survivor is, since it is you know teams, it's also putting early targets on people. So you have to be strategic there. Mm-hmm. Like, do I really want people to think that I'm really at like this good at challenges? Come merge. Yep. Um. So yeah, it's like I think that this was like maybe a play on that, but they just didn't um execute it as good as it could have been. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It had potential. I mean, you would think that after Survivor Fiji many, many moons ago, they would have learned that a twist like this was not the best. I mean, Michelle Yee, Rob Goddess, I'll talk about it until the cows come home. But this is giving very much shades of that episode. And I mean, they didn't do it very well then. And I don't think they did it well in this incarnation. But anyway... (laughs) Franny ends up being the one to square off against Brandon. We knew Brandon was a force to be reckoned with physically, but I was very impressed with Franny being able to show that fortitude and that strength, and she ends up pulling out the win, and she has a little speech at the end where she says, you know, it means a lot to me, and... um, even though Survivor has become very friendly and warm and talking about our feelings and touchy-feely... I don't. I didn't mind this moment. I like Franny being proud. I like to see people proud of their accomplishments. Do you think, Todd, that Survivor has become too like woo-woo, nice, friendly? Uh, I mean, okay, like yes, no. Like I do really appreciate backstories, um, but I don't think that we need everybody's backstory to be a sob story because not everybody's backstory is that way. 
some people are out there to win a million dollars and you know they have a successful life and they haven't had those hardships but they're there to play and so we don't need to see everybody's sob story um in the background so yes and no um what I do love about Franny's thing, though, is like it was very Shakespearean. You know, she was the very big winner, but she sent her lover to his death. Yeah. And that's it's just it was pretty awesome. <laughs> Terrible. You can't write that stuff. No. <laughs> Only if you're Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> while we're talking about the Franny win and, you know, sending Matt ultimately to be the, the lead on the jury, you know, what is obviously there's strategy there uh to continue on to hold hold on to that pole she knew that matt was going to be on was on the other uh team you know that's her closest ally is there is there a way in which her dropping and letting and letting brandon win um is actually better for her game in the long run or do we think that this is actually going to be like the push that she needs to continue on to maybe end up win win it all oh i think that it was the smartest decision to not drop because it very easily could have turned on her as well because what I believe personally happened was rather than just take jam jam out, um, they were an obvious duo Mm -hmm. and they were split up. And so it's like, uh, yeah, let's split the duo up right now, which is exactly what we did in survivor China with Jamie and Eric. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a question of whether or not we liked them or we wanted to work with them. It was cut that off right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think a great point that I saw is, yes, Matt is away, but also he's the mayor of Ponderosa, right? He is the the first jury member. uh, And that could maybe be in her benefit if she makes it to the very end. You know, he has people's ear for the longest time. And maybe he could be that um, that person to to get the votes that she would need if she ends up getting to the end. Not that she wouldn't deserve them, but it doesn't hurt to have that good of a friend on the jury and be the first jury member. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I've never been a member of a jury, so I don't really know where. No, you haven't. (laughs) But I can only imagine that it's like, you know, they all talk about why you should vote this way and why you shouldn't vote that way. Um, Like, I don't know. It really frustrates me because you can obviously tell in specific seasons where it's been discussed at Ponderosa, Mm -hmm. who's voting for who and why. Um, you just have to put the puzzle pieces together at the end. That bothers me because it takes away from the game. However, it goes back into the strategy part at the beginning. You have to start making everybody like you or at least respect your gameplay from day one. It's not something like what really bothers me in any survivor, both American or um, Australian or, you know, whatever, is when people are like, I'm going to lie low and then bring out my moment in like the merge. But it's like, no, because you you were where were you for the first half of the game? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to respect that anywhere near as much as someone who is trying from the beginning, that type of thing. But yes, anyway, that went way off track down my little rabbit hole. But yes, <laughs> it could work for her benefit if she makes it to the end because she's got her little boyfriend on jury. Mm-hmm. It's true. But you're right. It, it really, it really... It really depends on what the people value, and you would hope that people are looking at the whole game and not just valuing someone who kicks into third gear at the very end, but every jury is different, and I guess that's what makes Survivor magical and beautiful and the amazing thing that we love. 
Yes. And you know what else makes it the amazing thing that we love? Rewards. And no, it was a crappy reward. Iced tea and peanut butter and jelly and chips. We're talking... We're talking Survivor China. You go to the 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 Great Wall of, Great China, Wall of China, and meanwhile they're getting a peanut butter and jelly that's been sitting out in the sun for a few hours. I'm sorry. Uh, it's the big question on everyone's mind is which would you prefer, peanut butter and jelly or the Great Wall of China? It's a very hard toss up. Uh, that is a, a very no. Uh, obviously, <laughs> the Great Wall of China. Here's the thing, though. Okay, I craved peanut butter so badly while I was out there. So while we are watching, it's like, ew, I don't want that. Out there, I would have done anything for that sandwich. So, but the iced tea, gross. I don't want iced tea. Please. <laughs> At least it wasn't pizza, Fijian pizza. I've heard that's the worst. I can only imagine. But yeah, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a weak sauce reward. Like, come on now. Like, all of China's were outrageously elaborate i got to go to a thousand year old city i got to spend the night on the great wall of china my sister got to come and sleep at my camp you know like these things were crazy yeah when you set the bar that high yeah. most everything is gonna look dinky rinky dinky but this especially <laughs> just looked like you know a happy meal prize it was just yeah. pale, just pales in comparison but i mean you know what godspeed i bet they d they devoured that and speaking of which flash forward a little bit more and i'm pretty sure kane says something about he calls himself some a something sasquatch i don't know exactly the verbiage but he calls himself like a slobbering or a something sasquatch and i just cracked up because he was the one who was eating the peanut butter and jelly and he said he could feel his stomach like sloshing from side to side when he was trying to look for the reward and you know kane i don't really understand a lot of your allusions and references but i just really enjoy you as a person does anyone else feel that way i love kane yes are you kidding me? Like he's he is the um, survivor viewer. He's all of us. He's what he you know, <laughs> and he's doing it, and I love that. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh man, I literally there's nothing that I find worse in the whole world than eating food and then going work to work out. Like a lot of times I work out and I only have like a protein shake or something just because I hate the like I can feel it in my stomach. Imagine not eating for all of these days. And then, and then you're expected to just like run. I would have been, I would have been, you would have seen me throw up. Like it would have been so bad. And I, when he said that, I was like, yes, I get it. Uh, you and I, we are connected. <laughs> we are, we have all been sloppy Sasquatches at one point or another. So very vivid, very vivid imagery. And before we get to all that goodness, the vote is seeming like immediately it's either going to be Matt or Jam Jam, because of the five people who are voting, three of them are from Old Ratu. So it seems very obvious that the two targets are Jam Jam and Matt. And Todd, obviously you were not very often in a position where your back was up against the wall and you really thought that you were going home, especially if you were as cocky as you say you were. But what do you do in those situations if it's like, it's you or me? What's your philosophy on that? Okay, so... Um... Anytime that my name was brought up and I knew that my name was being brought up, I had to plant seeds into other people's brains. So, for example, um, the reason why James didn't use his idol, because if he did use the idol, I would have gone home. Mm -hmm. And I knew that. So what I did beforehand was I went to James and I said, hey, I want my idol. 
because I want to use it tonight because I heard from Eric that you're going to vote for me. He was like, what are you talking about? He then went and caused all this drama with Eric, got in a huge fight. I said to James, go ahead and keep the idol. I trust you. That way, he thought for sure we were voting for Eric, didn't use the idol, and we blindsided James. So you have to plant those seeds of doubt all over the place to make sure that you're safe. Oh. Well, I'm sorry, Matt. If you had listened to to the Todd strategy, then you may still be here and enjoying your Fijian vacation with your girlfriend. But all they had to do, all literally Matt and Jam Jam had to find the weak link, which was Jamie, right? All they had to do was go to her and be like, look, here's what's up. You're at the bottom of this. They could have made up a lie. That's what Mm -hmm. I did. They could have said, we heard from so-and-so that you're at the bottom of this group right here. Let's be a three instead of a five and take one of them out instead. Easy. Very true. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, The shoulda, coulda, wouldas. You know, do it all day. But... At the end of the reward peanut butter and jelly section, the winning group has to open a note and Franny opens the note and it says that there's an advantage locked in the cage, the infamous cage, and there are keys scattered about the jungle and only one can open it. And they have to try one at a time. And at the end it says, go. Has there ever been a time in a survivor like reward or a note or anything where it prompts you like you have to do it right now has that ever happened before or have they had time to like plan um only when the like the final five advantage normally where it's Mm -hmm. like solve this puzzle yeah that one i don't know so okay while the advantage one was like meh um i actually loved this yes i I totally agree this i was like this looks like so much fun and because you, I would have put way more keys out there. If I was on production, I would have literally hid probably like 800. I think I thought <laughs> it was hilarious. And you had to try one at a time. I loved that idea. I thought it was so cool. Um, but then it was the steal a vote or like force someone's vote, which, uh, yeah. Yeah, that lots, lots of messiness. And before we get into what the mechanics are of this, I just want to point out one of my favorite episode or p- parts of this episode where Heidi is the one to find it. She opens it up and she goes to give Franny a hug. And if you look, Franny is disgusted. Franny is uh, <laughs> iconic for that moment. Literally, yeah. she's like, get away from me. I'm so mad that you have this. <laughs> like, I'm not celebrating for you right yeah. now. I wanted that. Come on. Which I... Yeah, I totally get, right? Like, that's kind of how I would probably be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't blame her, but I would, uh, just just the whole moment was great. But yes, it's it's revealed that Heidi has a control of vote advantage, and she has to use it at this tribal. Talk about production meddling. This is like, I'd say this is up there with like, HVHVH forced fire making levels of like they wanted an outcome and they're going for it and they're unabashedly showing you that this is what they want. Okay. So this advantage, I I feel like could have been fun and exciting if it was 
everybody voting and one person had immunity and it was like not limited to those few people. Like that's the only problem that I personally had with the whole situation because it was like, wow, there's literally four people left and one of them has two votes and everybody knows this one person has two votes. So it's pretty obvious where it's probably going to go. I don't know. So again, I feel like the ideas were there. They were just not executed very well. I totally agree. I think this actually is kind of a fun twist on its own in the way, like not used right now. Like I kind of like the idea that she had to announce, Hey, Lauren, I'm taking this from you and you have to vote for Jam Jam. And so everybody knows that she wanted Lauren to vote for Jam Jam, which again goes back to the social aspect, which I think is let the players play. You know, this is like a, a twist obviously, but like this way it's like, does she even, you know, if you have to use it tonight, but would she even want to use it? Because then everyone knows who she's going for, you know, it's, it, it has a little bit more level, but I think in conjunction with this, how it was, only four people were eligible to vote. There are only five people like on that could, there are only five people that could, could vote, pardon me. So I feel like all of that just led it to be like a little weird. I heard a theory, um, Ryan, my boyfriend told me a theory where he, or not uh, an idea where he was like, why then, why didn't they just have Carson who drew the gray rock just be like, I'm sorry, you're not going to be safe. Don't give him a choice. And then have it at least be six people. And then, then there's, like a little bit more agency in that and like there's just one other like clog in the wheel like one other thing and i think that maybe it would have felt a little better um but i think like used in a different way it's kind of fun because it's not just the same exact thing that we've seen you know you you had to say it out loud she had to say vote for jam jam she had to say so everyone knew about it and there could be some major repercussions for her later you know Absolutely. Which I feel like she, you know, she was all talk about what she was going to do before. And then she went the safe route because Jam Jam was the obvious bottom of the barrel because he was that vote last time. And it's like, okay, we all know why she did. So this advantage basically just went to waste. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it would have been a whole lot cooler if there were more people involved. If it wasn't, um, forced to be right then and there but I loved how she did have to say a name yeah definitely and I think it it definitely stirred some interesting conversations on the beach of the safe individuals and Heidi was exploring all of her options and not afraid to say to Franny for example yeah I want to protect both guys and then it was like well I don't really know if I can protect Matt anymore and we saw Franny's face change just like it did before when she tried to give her a hug she was she was not happy but on a lighter note we did get a wonderful heartwarming clip package of all the wonderful moments of the Franny and Matt relationship when have we seen a clip package like that I can't remember a time we've seen something adorable like that but um I don't I don't know but I a lot of the editing um, of the new wave, I do really appreciate because I think it's it's very dry and witty in a lot of ways, and I'm a very dry and witty person. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I feel like you know Matt and um, Franny are they're perfect for each other. So like the editing, whether it be you know forced or just like for fun, I'm I'm really happy with. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. it was adorable it was so cute and i it was just like you know i there was a moment in the beginning of the episode where i kind of felt in my gut that this was matt's time and then this kind of happened and i went oh no oh no like i just like was like oh gosh and then there was like a slight moment where I thought it could be Jam Jam at Tribal Council. But like, I don't know. I, I do think it was maybe the right move to get rid of Matt. Not because I don't think that like he he did have like you heard them all on the winner's beach. They all were like, so we got to figure out a way to protect Matt. Right. It wasn't just Franny. Like Danny yeah. said it too. Like everyone was saying this. Um, so he obviously had a lot of friends. And so I do think that Heidi's instinct to like, mm, maybe I don't want him here it was, was right. I don't know. I don't think it was executed in the, the correct way, obviously, but like, you know, that when your social bonds are so obvious, I feel like, you know, it kind of can put you in a hard spot. 100%. It was the right move. In my opinion, break up that duo. I mean, as much, I liked him. I thought, I thought he was great. He was fun. Um, but as far as game wise goes, it was smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So we get to Tribal, and as you alluded to before, Tegwith, Matt was all about his bag, the bag. There were many things that, that Matt was bringing to this Tribal. He wanted to bring his bag. He brought a papaya. Um, he brought his willingness to open up about all of his traumas to Jeff, which, magical, good for you. Um, Tegwith, walk us through this whole bag debacle and just the look on the jury, or not the jury, this quote-unquote jury's yeah. face the bag is i think i honestly think it's a very interesting insight to for like fans to kind of see how important like things like things are like you're not like obviously if there's a swap or whatever and your idol is and you have a hidden idol and it's buried somewhere you know they'll they'll maybe help you with that but but the fact that he didn't take he obviously didn't take his bag he didn't have his shot in the dark which Last week, I thought it was just a thing, but it's like a thing that you actually have, which I forgot. And then also his fake idol that he was probably sure was fake, but like not really sure. So there's like a, a little inkling that in his brain, maybe it could have been real. Um, and, you know, just like the fact that he was kind of this sitting duck almost where everyone knew that he didn't have his bag because like, he was probably talking about it um, a, a fair amount. And, you know, he didn't have the things that he needed to protect himself like what if he had played a shot in the dark tonight because i you know he felt like it was going to be him and if he was going to vote for jam jam anyway like what if he did that and he was safe we will never know if that actually happened um i really did actually think that franny was going to bring his bag because i uh, i was very lucky i got to go to ron clark had a live uh, had a party in atlanta viewing party for survivor and it was very interesting because lauren ashley beck was there and she was talking about how i forget the exact moment but in her season somebody lost their bag or didn't have their bag and you know she was talking about how like that was almost a target on that, that person's back because we all knew that you know that's just some a little slight difference to them you know um and you know Todd, you know this. People keep important things in bags. Yes. So, so it's actually, I guess, like you saying that, I never really thought about it from the, you know, a viewer's point of view. Um, if you watch, you know, um, player, what we took our bags everywhere. So, like, if you go on a reward challenge, or if you go to tribal council, or if you do anything, you take your bag with you. You take as much with you everywhere that you go. Um, because of stuff like this um i hated bringing my bag anywhere so i honestly never brought it anywhere 
I was only concerned about my canteen. And that just goes to show like my overly cockiness as well, because I was like, I'm not going home. I don't, I don't need my stuff. And so when people did go home and leave their bags at camp, like it literally just stays, you know? So yeah, if you don't bring it, you don't get it <laughs> and, and you're screwed. So you have to take, same with your water bottle. Like yeah. if you, if you break your water, ours were glass. Okay. Our water bottles were glass. And so like, if it broke, you just had to start sharing with someone else. Um, that's just how it is. <laughs> Jeez. Just um, crumbles. Seriously. And as for how the cookie crumbled and during the episode, unfortunately, it did not matter what Heidi said, because even though Jam Jam was definitely getting a guaranteed vote, it still ended up being Matt. It was three to two Matt. And that is the end of Matt's survivor story as for now. How do we feel about that? You know, sad to see him go. He was he's he was hilarious. He was a great player. I, his expressions, he was always smiling. I mean, he would be talking about his painful past and he'd be laughing and smiling like, ah. and it's like, oh my gosh, you're the, the most friendly person on the planet, apparently. Um, but I think he'll be um, a wonderful, welcoming jury member. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Um, and then... Maybe he learned a lesson that when you're playing games to leave love behind. That's mm-hmm. true. Maybe Absolutely. he'll be super calculated now. Who knows? <laughs> whatever whatever happens in the future, Matt, I hope that you still smile because that is... Oh, that was, is yes. His, that tribal council, though, was very emotional because not only did Matt have a little bit of, like, you know, his emotion, his he had an emotional speech, Jam Jam also had an emotional speech. And I also am just like, when did Jeff Probst become a licensed therapist? When is he, when, since when did he start pulling things out of his bag by saying, you're, you know, you're, you're uh, deflecting with humor, Jam Jam, like blah, 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 blah. Yeah, turned 60, okay? Like he, he got old and then he got feelings because he <laughs> in China. He didn't care. He was very rude. Like, he was not like that in China. Now he's like your caring grandfather. <sighs> he this- is. I, I need I need somebody to add to the sassy uh, sassy Jeff Probst compilation on YouTube. But there's been not been much material this until until this season with Claire is the most recent sassiness we've gotten from Jeff. Yeah, yes. we're not really getting a lot in terms of Jeff's ass. It almost reminds me, for you Drag Race viewers out there, how RuPaul all of a sudden has been super maternal and like trying to, you know, give people hugs and tell them about their inner saboteur and all all this psychoanalytic stuff that you just don't expect from a competitive reality TV show. But you know what? Maybe Jeff and RuPaul are kindred spirits because I see a lot of parallels. It's quite shocking, actually. But it, it, honestly, it reminds me of my dad because my dad was very strict and straightforward. But now, like, he'll cry at commercials. And, like, he's so, like, he, he's, like, this, like, happy, jolly man now. And I'm, like, when did this happen? And so I'm, like, just kind of waiting for the day that happens to me because I'm not like that. Wow. Like, I, it, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, David. No, I was just going to say, life does that to you. It you does. Know? It does. I just want to say, this is something that I just remembered. I Can I just, can we just give a moment for the papaya? I know we kind of brought that up, but like the papaya, I think was like maybe the star of the full episode. That was the funniest bit. I laughed way too hard. But like, do you want this egg in the trying time? Like the always sunny reference? 
amazing. And then didn't they like zoom in onto the papaya when they were like, <laughs> anybody want an advantage or whatever? <laughs> Iconic editing. Like say what you will about the twists and the turns and all this stuff. They hired the right editors for this yeah. show because they do so well. It's so funny. They sure did. And honestly, the fact that they hid a an idol or something in a fish on season 42 makes me believe that they could put something in a papaya if they really they, wanted to. They so really, yeah. If there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but you know. Todd, you just reminded me when you were talking about your dad crying about the commercials. We've got a great one coming up for you right now. It will not make you cry. Maybe make you cry tears of joy, but we'll be right back after this ad read. Hi, Survivor Now podcast listeners. I am Katie from KT Designs, better known as Katie Tedesco Art on both Instagram and Etsy. I have been designing and selling Survivor products for over seven years at my Etsy shop, including replicas like hidden immunity idols and Survivor trading cards with all of the players' stats on the back. I am so grateful for Survivor Now for giving me this shout out and helping me reach even more super fans. I love listening to their podcast. So if you are looking for some really unique reality TV products for yourself or to give a super fan in your life, come check out my Etsy shop at www.etsy.com slash shop slash katietedescoart.com. Awesome. Welcome back, everyone. And it's so good that we're all dressed so snazzy and we're looking so good because it's award season. It is time <laughs> for us to award the Social Butterfly Award as well as the driver of the Social Struggle Bus Award. Todd, because you are our guest, I'm going to open the floor to you. Is there anyone that you immediately would like to nominate for the Social Butterfly Award this week? Social Butterfly Award. I have to nominate um, Jam Jam because you cannot go from the bottom every week to still being around without being a social butterfly. Excellent. I second that. I I definitely agree. I think, you know, they obviously wanted to keep him for a reason. Um, I think they... I think he'll do great things on the line. And I think he's really good at diffusing situations. You know, he, he says it straight. He, he, he goes, ah, this is awkward. And it's kind of funny. And you, it, he gets to the point. And I think his social game is really interesting. And so I do think that I'm also going to give it to Jam Jam. Awesome. I can't argue with any of that. There's very much on point and I'm going to echo that Jam Jam. Congratulations. You won the social butterfly award this week. And something tells me this will not be the last time because you are just an effervescent monarch just flying through Fiji and into our hearts. And now we're going to move on to the part where we throw someone under the bus. Just kidding. You get to drive the bus. Todd, is there anyone that you think is deserving just this week. It's not It's not forever necessarily. You're just putting on the hat for this week for the driver of the Social Struggle Bus Award. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So, well, Heidi obviously was socially struggling. You don't, you read the room, okay? You don't hug your competitor when you just beat them. And you don't tell the, the one person who loves the person you're targeting like i don't think he can be saved tonight like that was socially struggling that was bad it was not good she needs i know she's puerto rican and she needs like she just says it and that's wonderful and i love it but sometimes you have to read a room Mm -hmm. because people don't appreciate that there you go so heidi 
I was going to go with um, uh, Brandon today, but I think you've changed my mind. And I think, I think I'm going to also, I'm going to second that and go with Heidi because I was going to go with Brandon mainly because I just felt like he was so, he didn't really do much socially this week. I felt like he just kind of was stagnant. And I think this time in the game, you know, you're right in the merge. I think stagnant isn't a very good thing, but I do think you're right. I think she's going to have a lot of work to, to, she has to rebuild. I think after, you know, throwing Jam Jam's name out and it not working. Um, I, you know, she kind of made Franny upset a little bit of not once, but twice. And so I think that's a very good call. And I think I'm going to have to go with Heidi as well. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree as well. I mean, part of me thinks Heidi didn't really have as much choice in this as, as she would have if she knew the advantage that she was, you know, getting herself into, but she still had to make the decision. She still was making those choices in the moment Maybe it would have been different if it wasn't a decision that she had to make for this tribal in particular. I think the fact that there was more of an exigency and a pressure that she had to decide right that night, maybe it was clouding her judgment and making her act under pressure in ways that she normally wouldn't. But unfortunately, that's the game of Survivor. You have to adapt and you have to be ready to roll with the punches. So unfortunately, I will have to agree and echo what has been said. And Heidi, you are the driver of the Survivor Social Struggle Bus just for this week. But you've still got time to turn it around. Anything is possible. So Mm -hmm. now that we've concluded with the award section of this evening, I would like to open the floor to some questions. And I'm ready to ask some questions if you are, Todd, if you're ready to answer them. Let's do it. I'm so ready. Heck yeah. All right. So first, we've got a question. Ooh, we've got a question that just popped up on our stream from Amorces. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Who do you think is winning this season? We're going to have to ask Todd that first because clearly we're not qualified to with. No, absolutely not. No. Okay. So. <sighs> it's very tricky because, you know, early episodes, I would have said Danny. But then he really screwed himself over um, when he was so obvious with Brandon at the end and Carolyn and literally pretend like acted like Carolyn was not there. Right. Carolyn is so much smarter than her teammates are allowing or believing that she is. She's taking all of this information in and she's telling the right people. Um, so I feel like we're going to see Carolyn go far. Um, I feel like Carson is going to go far as well. However, I do not think he's going to win because he is doing too much up here instead of out here. So he's playing too many sides. So that's bad news bears. Um, Franny is, is right now in a very good position but after last night um she may come back with a vengeance and i feel like that could totally flip things around nobody in their right mind is going to keep brandon around for much longer because he's a beast so there's that um and then heidi and lauren um i don't really know their game at all right now so i can't even put them as contenders so i would say that Kane and Jam Jam would be my top two best positioned people right now to win this game. All right. Good like choices. That. Yeah. I, do, I agree. 
Um, we have a uh, question from our TikTok live right now. Um, and they, it's more of a logistical question. So it's, this is an interesting one. So Colin with like 45 ends asks, um, do you all think someone could get Matt shot in the dark from his bag and just have a second one? Cause we've established the bag is still at the beach. His shot in the dark is in the bag. Can someone use that? Or is it null and void when he got voted out? Um, okay. So that's a really good question because the rules are. So, okay, I don't think so, because if that were the case, I feel like we would have seen people in the past handing their little die, dice thing to their friends, mm-hmm. you know, saying like, here, do, take this, take this, once they were like leaving. Um, so I, th- I, I think it's probably gone. But then again, I don't know. I mean, if I found it in his bag and tried it out. I, I mean, why not try it? If someone finds it and takes it to tribal council and tries it, I say go for it. You know what I mean? But you're also willing or risking putting a target on your back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those things where you, if you're dressed somewhere that you're not supposed to be, but you're dressed in a convincing way and you hold yourself in a convincing way and it serves the purpose of the survivor storylines, then Jeff will allow it. I feel like yeah. if you just roll with it and it makes for a really good moment and you somehow play like seven shots of the dark in the dark at the same time and they're just shot by shot by shot by shot by shot and you make a moment, I think they're going to leave it in and they're going to let it happen. So I say screw it. Just do it if you can. Like, why not try? You got to try. You won't know unless you try type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And then and, have question. Yeah, we do. We do. We have one from EJ Plays and it says, not necessarily a question, but I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts on Heidi having to announce to everyone who she wanted Lauren to vote for. Yeah, that definitely puts someone in a, in a hot pickle, as Parvati would say, um, to have to do that. I love it. I thought it was great because of the fact that it's like, okay, well, you win the reward, but it's kind of like sweet and sour. You know, you get you get the awesome advantage, but it also comes with a penalty. Like, I think that's kind of fun um, because now she's going to have to totally scramble to fix her her situation that she's gotten herself into. Absolutely. Very yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, there's going to be, she's going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting back at camp to justify. I mean, Jam Jam is really good at like moving forward, but having, being like, it, it's different for people to vote you, but it's, but it's one another thing for somebody to say, you have to vote for this person. Like that's, I feel like a whole different story. You know, I think she probably pissed off Carolyn. She probably, you know, made obviously Jam Jam mad. So I think that, that she's going to have to do some, some heavy lifting to fix fix what happened yeah yeah and i think she'll be able to <laughs> i, think I guess trouble. yeah unfortunately I, i'd have to agree our next question comes from us comes to us from dan co he i'm not sure dan co who knows he said do you believe someone could replicate your style of play todd and still win in this new era um so i guess my style of playing was um very social and so I feel like if you're a social person and you played the same way as me, cause like for me, I, I knew what everybody was doing and talking about. That was my goal was to make sure that I was in everybody's business without being like super irritating about it. Um, so yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, and an alliance will never hurt, <laughs> you know, <True. laughs> Yeah. but <laughs> if I were to go play again, 
I couldn't play the same way because people have seen my game. So I'd have to do something completely different. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all about adapting um, because you cannot change what just happened. You have to basically take it, think about it, and then act. Yeah. And if you overreact, then you're just going to make a mess for yourself. That's true. There's a, and I have a question that was from uh, Instagram, actually, from Yeser Ice Queen, who's Ian, who's a, a great friend of the pod. Um, and it kind of has to go with this. So he says, he asked, Todd, you aligned with Amanda and Courtney early in the game, becoming close friends and sat in the final three with them. Why do you think players nowadays are afraid to sit next to their closest allies at final tribal council? Um, okay. Probably because... It's tricky because, like, if you looked at, uh, what's-his-face, Cody and Jesse, right? So they were a pair, but one of them was playing more than the other. So if, you know, I've talked to Sammy, and Sammy has said, like, he had no idea that Jesse was doing all of that stuff. So it was very quiet. He thought Cody was. And so it's like... If you're going to go to the end with your friends, you have to be able to tell the story as to why you've played better than your friends. Mm-hmm. But that's also a risk in really hurting that friendship, right? So for me, I convinced Amanda. I was like, they all hate me, but they love you. Because I knew that she was good at challenges and I was not. And so she would be the one to like have to take me there. And so if I put in their mind, like, okay, I'm not going to win, but I'd like to get as far as I could, then, you know, in my mind, I also knew I was like, please, I've totally got this over Amanda. It's so sad. So, uh, like I said, I don't know why I was so cocky or confident. (laughs) It worked. It worked. But like I was, I was way too overly cocky and confident. Like even watching when when my season was airing, I had no idea Amanda threw my name out at all. So that's when I was like, Todd, you need to calm down. Like that was a little bit too comfortable. So yeah. Um, but I feel like going to the end with your friends, someone's gonna lose and mm-hmm. someone's gonna hurt. Sure, you got to know that going into it. You know, you you just gotta keep that in the back of your mind. You're in it to win it. Obviously, you did. So, but speaking of of uh, runners up, once upon an island, love your content. asks, do you know what the Amanda Kimmel is up to? How's um, she? Amanda, I haven't talked to her in a very long time, unfortunately. So last that I did talk to her, she is back in Montana. She owns a little little boutique. She's married and has, um, I think, two kids. Aww. That's yeah. amazing. That is amazing. Good for her. Yeah. So. Once on this, once upon an island also has another question. Would I play on a returning season if they asked? Yeah. Yes, I would. What format would you like? That's best? the best news I've ever heard. Oh, I would. I mean, I. I have been asked a few times. I've always said yes, but I've never made it all the way. Mm. So. Um, if I were to go play again, I would definitely say yes. So if it was what format, um, I think it would be really cool to do like a winners versus runners up season. Cause like, you know, those runner ups are like out for blood. That would be really cool. 
and then the winners are determined to like keep their spot. So like, mm-hmm. I feel like that would be a vicious season, mm-hmm. um, but it would be fun. Um, I'd play any of them though, like Blood vs. Water, Fans vs. Fans, I mean, whatever, it'd be fun. Why not, you know? Even if I was the first one gone, like if I were to say no, I would live my whole life wondering what if. Yeah. So, but if I don't go ever, like if I don't ever go back, I'm also cool with that because I've played once, I won once, and that was yeah. Awesome. I mean, can't be mad with a win rate or a or a success rate of a hundred percent. Yeah. So. Can't be mad at that. <laughs> All right. Do we have it in ourselves for one last question? Yeah. Awesome. So Mikey Pow asks. Todd, you flew from camp and slept at, at the, and I quote, Great Wall of fucking China for a reward challenge. Now current Survivor players go to a beach two minutes away and eat pineapple when they win a reward. Explain your epic reward challenge experiences. Okay. Like, our cha- our, our reward challenges were amazing. So, which also, by the way, I'm going to say this right now. When they aired the Great Wall of China thing, it made it seem like we were ungrateful. I was... Like, I was in awe. My dream, my hashtag bucket list is to see all seven wonders of the world. So I was, like, over the moon. However, they made it look like we were not grateful. I was very grateful. So that's there. But, okay, we got in a helicopter. We flew to an airport in the helicopter, got in a private jet, flew somewhere else in the country. Then we got in a van. This is the part that they didn't show on TV, right? So we were in the van and they had one CD and it was Millennium by the Backstreet Boys. So for four and a half hours, me, Courtney and Denise sang Backstreet Boys on repeat for four and a half hours as we drove to the Great Wall of China. That's amazing. Like it was, it was so good. Then once we were there, I mean, the place was empty. So like CBS had literally paid to rent the Great Wall of China, which is wild. So there was nobody around except for us. We got to go on this whole tour where like this guide would take us around and show us everything. And then of course, when we got to our little area where we had the hot pot and the cots, unbelievable. So like we sat there on the edge, like our legs dangling over the Great Wall of China while the sun set. That's, I mean, how cool is that? And then we woke up before the sun and we sat and drank coffee while watching the sunrise over Mongolia. Like that, it was just unbelievable. You cannot pay for something like that. You know, like it was just wild. Yeah, I, I, I think that that's the one. So I don't know if you, while there was a technical difficulty, I was talking about how, so your season is the first season that I watched and your win like solidified my obsession with Survivor. Um, so I actually blame you for all of this, like the <laughs> podcasting and the TikToking. That's on you. So, you know, deal with that what you will. But that um, that reward is something watching that I watched it in 2018. I didn't watch it live. I, I was I was rewatching it and or watching it for the first time in 2018. I like had tears in my eyes because it was just so incredibly beautiful. I didn't even know that humans on this earth ever experienced something like that and like the fact that you did is just it was it was was so incredible just to like even watch it from like a viewer's perspective like how many years later however many years later just so i just i was like i didn't even know that was a possibility that people could do that no honestly like so you know the great wall of china you hear about it and whatnot but in this van ride while we're driving you could see it 
like in the distance and we drove for four and a half hours and you could just see it everywhere you looked it was all over the place it was just such a crazy thing to witness but then once we were there that was when it was crazy because i mean i'm you know people go visit it and you see pictures and there's people everywhere but we were it was just us and that was that was un, it was incredible. I, I mean, another really cool one, and a lot of people don't really give it much credit, was um, earlier on in the season where me, Jean-Robert, James, and Amanda got to go to um, a thousand-year-old ancient city. Um, this city was, like, insane. It was, like, all stone. And it was old, like, super old. Well, while we were eating, we actually, they, like, brought they opened up the walls which was crazy and it was we got to watch a a performance of a chinese opera so in the opening credits of survivor china where you see like the people dancing around that was what we were watching but you didn't see it on tv so it was like this private show in the middle of an ancient city in china it was crazy very cool That is incredible. That yeah. it must have felt like an out of body experience almost, just like being like around history. Yeah. Oh, it was. I mean, because I'm, I'm a, I love ancient history, and so like being in China and experiencing the, these things was insane. Even the the temple on the very first episode. I mean, we were there forever. We were there for hours and hours and hours. We walked all through this temple, and like back then, I wish I would have appreciated that temple a little bit more because I look at it now and I'm like, wow, not people don't get to do that. You know? So it was just, that was crazy. All yeah. of it. <laughs> you know what? Insane. And the good part is at least you weren't the person who ran out of said temple. We love you, Leslie. We love you, Leslie, but at least you weren't, you, you wish you were more grateful, but you know, you weren't Leslie levels of running. You know what's crazy is like, I vividly remember looking up at the wall of Buddha's and, like, they had been there for so long. Like, there were, like, cobwebs. Like, I can see the cobwebs still to this day in my memory. It was, like, just... There were hundreds and hundreds of Buddhas in this wall of Buddha. And they were all gold. Like, made of gold. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. incredible. Well... And now we're in Fiji. Anyway, um, <laughs> Todd, thank you so, so, so much for joining us. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you. Todd, before we let you go, where can we find you going forward? If someone wants to get a custom Funko Pop, how do they do that? Yes, I would be happy to make you custom Funko Pops. Like, look, there's Simon from Australian Survivor. I'm finishing him up right now. I anyway. love that. So yeah, I'll make anybody anything you want. Just uh, reach out to me on Instagram at Todd's Pop Shop or send me an email, toddspopshop at gmail.com and send me pictures. I'll price it out and make you miniature whoever you want. (laughs) Incredible. Awesome. Thank you so much, Todd. And make sure to like and subscribe to Survivor Now on YouTube and Spotify. And we would absolutely love to have even more dialogue with you after this. So please, again, send us a message at survivorsocialpod at gmail.com and we'll read them here. Thank you again, Todd. And thank you all for listening. And we will catch up with you next week, our Survivor Socialites, next week here on Survivor Social. Thank you so much, everyone. Bye. Thank you.